Hello, it's been a while, I know it, uh, but uh, Mir and I are back. Um, we uh, took a little bit of a hiatus, a bit of a hiatus, since uh, the last time we think we had a podcast was in March, but um, we're back and we have a really exciting episode today because both Amir and I have really new, uh, cool new toys that we're really excited to talk about. What, uh, what do you have, Amir? Yeah, first off, uh, everybody, it's been a while, um, but we kind of decided to take some time off, and now we're back with uh, new and exciting things to talk about. I have uh, a brand spanking new iPhone 12 Pro Max, and uh, what is it that you have, Dixon? Uh, I went on the opposite side, under the dark side, as some people call it. I have the brand new Pixel 5. Um, there, I mean, it's really hard to do a direct comparison. Uh, well, you can, but uh, they're very different phones, I think, for very different people. But I think we can uh, definitely have a nice, healthy conversation, if not a debate, about why we chose our phones. Yeah, and we'll try to keep the gloves off for this one. <laughs> I mean, I, I think we can take a couple of bruises. It's okay. We're used uh, to it, right? All right. Sounds good. Dixon, first, tell me, why did you pick the Pixel 5? Um, so the Pixel 5, I mean, you know from previous podcasts, we are, I'm a huge Pixel fan. Behind me, I have the first generation Pixel, the Pixel 2. Uh, my wife uses the Pixel 3. Uh, I definitely skipped the Pixel 4. Know, <laughs> you know exactly why. Um and so the Pixel 5, actually, to be honest, I actually thought Google was, uh, I was going to go with the Pixel 4a when it was announced because it seemed like the price point was amazing. Uh, I've ne- I still haven't came across a bad review, but there are certain aspects of the phone, like no wide angle camera, which I'm used to. Um, the, the battery life was good, but I think it could have been better. And uh, those two things were completely addressed with the Pixel 5, so... Um, and I think the biggest draw for me, honestly, above all else, is the size. Uh, I've been using a OnePlus 7 Pro for a while, and a uh, year and a half or so. And it's after a while, I just didn't you forget how cumbersome the phone is. I love that phone still, but um, I was actually never able to use it one hand. And it has such a hefty weight to it. Like, you would always feel it in your pocket, and uh, you would... Anytime you use it in bed or something and you're holding it up, it gets tiring real quick. So I wanted to kind of switch over really to something small. And Google seemed to offer for the first time in the Android world, I think. I've always been looking for a small, compact phone, I'm thinking, like, that has amazing battery life, excellent camera, and clean Android. And... For the longest time, there was always something missing. Like I used a Galaxy S10e. It was perfect size, um, camp, but unfortunately the camera and the battery department was lacking. So I've used this phone just to give uh, people an idea about almost a month now. So about 18 days. So, um, And I can confidently say it checks all the boxes that I'm looking for in an Android phone. And uh, so for Mir, I mean, for you, the iPhone 12, that, that's a more of a difficult, uh, Apple kind of made it difficult for you this year, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So for, for those who, who um, and know me and listen to the podcast know that like 
I did used to use Android primarily until about a year ago when I switched to the iPhone, mostly for work-related reasons, because one of the things that I do for work, uh, there was only an application available on the iPhone. And that's kind of why I switched. And I did have like an iPhone 10 before that, but then I switched to the iPhone uh, 11 from the Galaxy S10 um, uh, phone that I had. Um, and uh, this year, like I've just like fallen in love with the iPhone. I uh, really enjoy using it. Um, I mean, it does have its limitations being an iPhone and being on iOS, but I definitely feel for me, the benefits outweigh the uh, drawbacks. So when the iPhone 12 was announced, I really, really liked the design. Um, and having had an iPhone 11 for about a year, I wanted to tr move up to the Pro model this year. And I was really, really sold on the iPhone 12 Pro prior to the announcements. Um, and then when the announcement was made, I realized, well, the 12 Pro Max is actually a better phone. Like It has a new camera. It has a better camera, bigger sensor, has better battery life. It has, uh, you know, bigger, higher resolution display. So it uh, kind of made my decision a bit harder because I wanted to get the 12 Pro. Initially, I was sold on it. I wanted a bit of a smaller phone than the iPhone 11. But then when this announcement came out, I was like, you know what? I actually want the best camera. Um, and I do want the best battery life because I do a lot of work on my phone. Um, so I ended up actually going to the 12 Pro Max and I don't regret my decision at all. Like it's, um, it's been uh, really good so far. No, that's good. Um, yeah, but I think we kind of had to talk about it because, uh, yeah, it was very difficult. We, you were sending me plenty of messages and I was debating you. It's, I think for most people, in my opinion, the iPhone 12 is the best phone um, in terms of striking the balance between price and you get like most, if not all the benefits of the pro line now, especially with the new OLED dis display, which I don't think, I think it's a huge upgrade over the 11. I, I don't know if you disagree with me or not. Um, but in terms of, I thought the 12 was a good pick, but you, I can see why you went with the, the 12 pro, but I really wish Apple like didn't kind of split between forcing you to choose. Like if you want a small phone, but not and the best camera, that's not an option for you right now. Like, you, you can't get that. Yeah, unfortunately, like, I wanted the best camera for photographing people. And obviously, with the larger, faster sensor on the 12 Pro Max, even if a slight improvement, it would still be, uh, I think, a big improvement compared to the iPhone 12. Um, so kind of that, that, that was my decision-making process. And I did see some camera comparisons and stuff. And although it seems like it was a marginal improvement compared to the 12, I still wanted to know that I have uh, the best. Um, That's when you know you're a true techie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but of course, so I guess I just right off the bat. So the biggest downside for me when I look at the 12 line and the 12 pro and everybody's talking about it in the reviews, like the size, like, so you've used it for a while now, like is the size, does the size bother you? Are you able to, cause you still made a pretty big jump from the 11 to 12 pro, right? It's a pretty sizable increase. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that everything's relative, right? Um, so initially um, I was a bit worried about the size. I was like, 
you know, I wanted the 12 Pro because I wanted the smaller size than the iPhone 11, but then I ended up going for the 12 Pro Max. And um, honestly, like, I, the size is not an issue for me. Um, I actually really like the, um, the larger display and the, the larger display and the larger phone kind, kind of gives the illusion that the notch is smaller. But even though the notch is actually the same size, you do get a little more screen beside the notch uh, at the top. Um, and uh, for watching videos and stuff, and when I do work on it, having that larger display, looking at pictures, that sort of thing, um, I really love it. And obviously, with the bigger size comes the advantage of uh, the much bigger battery and better battery life, which probably is one of the biggest reasons to go for the Max. Right. <clears throat> that. Yeah, it's definitely, uh, I can see that being a huge benefit. Um, do you think that, uh, so would you recommend, so who would you recommend the 12 Pro for? Like, can most people, because you have fairly small sized hands, right? You said, so if you're okay with it, you're, you think most people will be okay? Yeah, I think like, yeah, I definitely don't have big hands at all. And I, I have to use most, most phones with two hands anyway, like, even the iPhone 12 Pro, I would probably struggle to use exclusively one-handedly. Um, mm. The iPhone 11 that I had, which is smaller than the 12 Pro Max I have right now, I would still need to use with two hands anyway. So for me, it wasn't like I'm making a huge change in how I use my phone. Um, if you are someone who, um, you know, like have even smaller hands than me, I guess, and uh, want to have the flexibility, um, uh, of uh, uh, you know trying to use it one hand sometimes then I wouldn't get it but if you're going to be using two hands anyway um, then I don't see that big of an issue uh, especially if you want the marginal camera improvements like it, the first time I opened the camera app I saw the difference between the iPhone 11 camera and the iPhone 12 Pro Max now it could still be similar with the 12 Pro um, but uh, that's kind of like if you don't mind the size I think like in Canada, it only costs $150 more. Um, and I do think you're actually getting a lot more for your money. You're getting bigger battery, bigger display, higher resolution display, a brand new camera module, um, bigger um, sensor. The telephoto lens is actually great on the 12 Pro Max as well. Um, so I do think it's worth it uh, for just $150 more. Yeah, no, um, I mean, now that you've used it, it's one of those things that's really hard to convey. I think most people, I think a lot of people are scared off by the size, me included. And like I said, I was looking for a smaller phone, but it seems like one of those things where once you have it, you kind of fall in love with it. Yeah, the iPhone 11 seems tiny now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think you should just move to like an iPad as your next phone, just Put yeah, yeah. And iPad, I, I think you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, just put a put a SIM card in and you're good to go. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of the it's interesting. You're hearing about this, and I like went the opposite direction because the Pixel Five they only offer the one size this year, right? If you want um, the same specs and the same build quality and all that stuff. Um, Last year with the four and even the three, the Pixel Three, they offered two different sizes: the uh, the small and the the large. So, I think Google tried to streamline it this year. And um, and I've I've seen people who said that the Pixel Five is too small. So, but I must say, like having used my Pixel Five for a while, I think it's like like I said, it's like the best, my favorite thing. Um, I think it's the most. 
it, the fact that I'm, I'm able to have it in my pocket. Like, so when I work, I used to actually leave the OnePlus 7 Pro on my desk because I didn't like the feeling of walking around with it in my pocket. Like it was actually like you feel it, you know that it's there where the Pixel 5 is the opposite. Like sometimes I forget, like I have to feel my pocket to know that it's in my pocket. Like it's so light. And I know, but at the same time, it, I don't think there's no, if you're doing like, we're doing a bit of a comparison, right? So I have felt the iPhone 12 and the 12 Pro in the hand. There's no denying that the 12 feels, the 12 and even the 12, definitely the 12 Pro feel more premium in the hand. But I feel that the tw- there's something about the Pixel Five is like that coating that they use, right? Yeah, I haven't I haven't felt it yet. Um, yeah. So I, I'm excited. People say it feels like cardboard. I, I kind of want to experience yeah, so I've that. Seen it, I'm worried about that feeling, right? So it's got this like uh, really hard to convey over a podcast, but when you feel it, it feels like this kind of grainy, um, slightly grainy texture. And it's kind of like resin coating. It is a resin coating, but it's it wouldn't. It's not like cheap plastic. It's kind of like in between. I wouldn't say it's car- it doesn't feel like cardboard to me. But what I get from picking it up versus like um, like more premium, quote unquote, premium glass phones, is the comfort that I feel that even though I use a case with it, if I walked around without the case, I feel okay because I'm not completely worried that if I drop the phone it's not going to smash, like, it's not going to get spider line cracks all over it. Like the bit of the resin might rub off or like there might be a little bit of a, the coating might rub off a little. And there, that's kind of a, a completely different uh, feel or it's, um, it conveys a completely different sense of feeling than I have for the past couple of generations we've phone, uh, of phones that I've used. Um, I mean, I, I like you said, with your iPhone 12, it feels like a piece of jewelry. It feels super premium but you you don't you're terrified of dropping it right yeah that's that's exactly how i would describe my unboxing experience like when you hold the iphone 12 pro max without a case it just it really does feel like a piece of very premium uh tech like very um like a piece of jewelry would be a great way to describe it i got the pacific blue color and man that color is so nice it's probably one of the best iphone colors i've ever um uh seen on a phone like i the whole graphite gold and white it was kind of overplayed i I was waiting for something new and this was it. it it looks really nice and the the dropping thing is always an issue right like when you spend this much on a phone obviously you're consistently worried about dropping it. So I always do use like a glass screen protector and a protective case, which unfortunately adds even more to the size. But um, I do sometimes when I'm at home, just take the case off and admire the build and use it without a case for a while just to get that experience as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's super nice. Um, <clears throat> no doubt about it. And, uh, it, it. and on the other hand, I think the Pixel feels very, utilitarian like it's not flashy and it's like completely functional and i think it's kind of conveys the message that google wants to get across with the phone it's like it's there to serve you and it's not not it's it's like it does what everything you need it to do and i think that's what they want to feel with like all the google assistant features they want to give you a phone that works well and you can kind of use it without worry and i think that's 
it's definitely I, I, would I like a glass back I think so in terms of like the appearance of it but when I look when I pick up the phone I'm like yeah like it feels so comfortable and I'm not I'm not fear I'm not worried about dropping it it feels like nice and scary it's, I really wish like at some point I'm going to get you to kind of you know play with it and see what if what I'm talking about yeah I really um, do want to want to feel the pixel 5 <laughs> and see what it feels like in the hand but with COVID and all that stuff it's yeah, kind of harder yeah. to do that um, yeah. I love what they did well, actually, with the front though sorry yeah yeah before that let's go to the side because uh, I did have the fingerprints on the side does that bother you um it's uh i don't i don't even know like i'm, I'm kind of weird in that i get a lot of satisfaction in taking a microfiber cloth and wiping off fingerprints <laughs> so i don't really mind them that much but in someone who doesn't really like to clean their phone i guess they would mind it um and again most of the time i do have a, a case on so i don't really see the sides but when i do take it off i i get this sort of weird satisfaction out of you know just wiping off the fingerprints with a microfiber cloth so i don't really mind it as much as other people but the back being uh, that would drive me mad it's kind of like i'm completely the opposite like i like like i like my ipad pro when i kind of pick it up the back is matte aluminum i love that i don't have to like see smudges all over it and i don't have a microfiber cloth with me all the (laughs) time and the the back being frosted is actually really good it doesn't really collect that much fingerprints like you can still see them on an angle and you still have to wipe them off um but Mm -hmm. it's only really the sides that do all the collecting Mm -hmm. all right so we've done the back we've done the side so let's talk about the the front of the phone yeah, the, I, I actually really like the front of the Pixel 5. Um, I think they did a really good job this year after so all the criticism they received for their very, very questionable decision last year. Of, oh, uh, even the before that, the, remember the Pixel 3 XL had that bathtub notch? There, there has always been a major hardware issue with every single Pixel release. Um, this time, though, it seems like they got it right. It's like the first time I can pretty much say, okay, the design, I mean, it's not like striking. It's not going to win any design awards, but they didn't really get anything wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, I think uh, just to kind of give a recap, I mean, Pixel 1, I think Pixel 1 was actually pretty decent at the time because it had pretty big notch on the top and bottom, but the OLED panel on that phone was actually quite decent. And if, I think it was quite comparable to iPhones at the time because iPhones were still using LCDs. And then we went to Pixel 2 and the bezels got thinner, but the screen quality was crap. So <laughs> they, they the made screen like, and speaker quality was, uh, um, yeah, was not yeah. acceptable. <laughs> so they made like a significant trade-off there. And I never, because they went with LG because the first panel was with Samsung. So they decided to switch to LG, which was a mistake in my opinion. And I think the opinion of many tech reviewers. Um, then they went to the Pixel 3 and then they the three, the, the regular three was fine. It looked actually okay because the bezels on, were kind of flat all across. But then the 3XL did this weird bathtub notch thing, which, I mean, it's not a deal breaker because then the, the iPhone had a notch at that point. But it kind of went really deep. Like it went like Yeah. Was, I think Google really won the thing. worst notch ever award with that phone. <laughs> yeah. Then of course we went to Pixel 4 
where it had a really thick top bezel and then like a skinny bezel at the bottom. And because they had to pack in all the sensors, but I thought that was also, for me, it was very, like, I like symmetry. So it was very ugly. So finally, Google, I think, did a great job with the Pixel 5. Like, it is so clean. It is so symmetrical. Like, when I turn the phone, I like leaving the, the screen on. I have a really nice wallpaper set on it with, like, different backgrounds, which Amir taught me to do. And I, I just, I like, can't believe that you never knew about the Google <laughs> wallpapers that change on their own daily. That's uh... Yeah, it's a game changer for me. But... I love leaving the phone. Like I would just leave the phone on and then like just stare at it because it's so symmetrical. Yeah. The whole punch is actually so small and insignificant. And it's a big deal because I came from the OnePlus 7 Pro, which had no notch, no hole punch. Like it was just all screen. But I prefer the look of the Pixel 5. I think they did like it's just the way the bezels and the, the dimensions and the size. Like I love looking at the thing. It's so clean. Yeah, it, it looks great from the front. Yeah. Um, and from my point of view, like it's it, from the front, it just looks like an iPhone. Notch look, looks slightly smaller and it's an illusion. The notch is the same size as always. It's just there is a bigger display, so it looks a bit smaller. But from the front, it looks like uh, the typical iPhone. Small bezels, big notch, uh, beautiful display. Uh, nothing really to write home about. No. So... I mean, you're always con you're always trying to push me towards the iPhone, and I, you know, talking to me like I was like the biggest thing. Like I was actually contemplating getting the iPhone 12 as like a daily driver, but I just couldn't get over the notch. I know it's so stupid, and it's like I know, and I've used an iPhone like 10 generation phone before. I know I've I've told you like you kind of forget that it's there over time, but when I like stare at it, I just you know, like, especially like when I look at my iPad Pro, it has the, the face ID sensors, but the bezel is all symmetrical all around. And then same with the Pixel 5. So like, ah, I don't know. It's just, I'm just OCD in that respect. Like, I just can't get over the notch. You'll, you'll get used to it, I think. <laughs> especially on the Pro Max when I'm watching videos and stuff in full screen. Like, I don't really notice the notch that much. Um, definitely there's much uh, like uh, more display to look at than the, than just the left uh, side of the screen when you're watching a video so I don't really notice it as much it doesn't bother me I know but with the pandemic and face ID and stuff so like it's super like you, you know I know you don't go out that often but do you find it annoying with face ID and the mask Extremely, no extremely annoying. I, I wish they just put a, a damn fingerprint sensor in the power button like they, they did on the new the iPad. That's that's the thing. The iPad Air has, they've, they've done that with the iPad Air. Like they, they can easily do it. I'm like, oh man, if they did, I would be okay if they took away the face ID, the notch for the iPhone this year and gave us a fingerprint sensor. And I would, I would buy that phone. So like, usually though, uh, usually... I would prefer Face ID. It's just right now because of the mask. Like Face ID is just so convenient and fast. I don't have to pick up my phone. I just tap, I look over, it unlocks, I see my messages. Um, it's just now with the mask issue, it, it does uh, complicate things a little bit, especially grocery shopping when I have my grocery list on my phone and I have to yeah. wear a mask. So every time I have to swipe up and press my pin code, it's really annoying. <laughs> 
Oh yeah. This, yeah. And you're definitely not pulling down your mask. So yeah, it, I told, and I completely agree. Cause like I said, like when I'm working at my desk at home in front of my iPad pro and I need to like authenticate my face for like password logins and stuff, like it happens so fast. You don't even like, you forget that it's happening. It's so wicked. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the iPhone at 12, like I don't have to be directly overlooking the notch. Like it catches me on an angle too. So if my phone is resting on the desk and I'm just looking straight ahead at my laptop, I tap my phone, it unlocks, which is really great. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, to kind of segue in comparison, the Pixel 5, I think the Pixel 5 is like the perfect pandemic phone because it has a fingerprint reader, which is super old school since the, I think it's probably the same sensor as the Pixel, not even the, uh, yeah, the Pixel 1. I look at the Pixel 1 had the same fingerprint sensor on the back uh, and it works great. Like, it's so awesome. Like, um, when I just pull it out of my pocket, I, the phone's already unlocked because my finger is there. So, I mean, I think, I think in, in t right now in this space, I think the fingerprint sensor is a win for the Pixel 5. Yeah, especially during the pandemic. Yeah, I know a lot of people is like, oh, like, oh, it's antiquated tech, but you know what? It works. I think it's great. Like, it never was bad in the first place. And if anything, the OnePlus 7 Pro, which had an in-display fingerprint sensor, which was actually pretty good, I still got, you know, the few random misses every once in a while, and it was still, it's still slower than the, the back fingerprint. So, yeah, um, it's, it's, yeah, like, interesting contrast there. <clears throat> Tell us a bit about the performance of the Pixel 5, because I know that's a big concern for a lot of people. Yes. Okay. So it's, I'm not going to lie, as a tech nerd uh, who loves to read specs and just like compare, and it's really easy to fall into that trap of like putting, pulling up a phone on GSM Arena, pulling them side by side, listing out the specs and be like, oh man, this, the, so to give context, the Pixel 5 is the first Pixel phone that's not using the fastest processor available from Qualcomm this year. So it is using the Snapdragon 765G, which is a tier below what is the fastest available, which is the 865, um, and now actually the 865 Plus. So obviously there are some concerns about performance. Um, and I want to say like flat out, and I was concerned about it as well. It, and I think, unfortunately it is, I think hindering a lot of people from buying the phone. Um, and, and I think there's a lot to unpack here because when I actually use the phone today, I really have no, like, I cannot tell, like you forget that you're not using a flagship processor fluid, like moving through apps is super fluid. You have the 90 hertz display, which is like really, really helps with the fluidity. Um, I haven't really noticed the the 7 Pro actually is a faster processor. But when I move over to the Pixel 5, I actually don't notice. I didn't notice the drop. Things are still moving as fluidly as before. Um, the one time, like if you're really looking for it, you'll find that it's not a uh, flagship processor. I know because I played a game called Genshin Impact, which a lot of people, it's quite popular now. You know you're not using a flagship processor because when you go into graphics, it actually tells you the game will choose the default graphics level, like low, medium, high. 
for the Pixel 5, it automatically sets it at low. And if you go to medium, it like there's a bar that tells you how hard you're pushing the processor. And it says like you're pushing the processor hard. And if you go to high fidelity graphics, you're overclocking the processor. Like that's the only time I notice that like I'm not using like the maximum performance. Um, it's never stutters. It doesn't crash. Like it just. Um, oh, and the other the other aspect where you will notice a difference is yes, camera processing times. Well, so if you snap a bunch of photos, I think you're waiting like one to two seconds for the the photos. Um, but. I think for the quality that you get for waiting that one to two seconds is great, as we'll talk about later in the camera section. Um, but I know it's a lot of, it's a big mental barrier because you're still sending the Pixel 5, I don't think it's cheap because you can get the exact same processor in the Pixel 4a 5G for about 150 bucks to $200 less. So you get the same performance um, but day to day, it's, it doesn't really matter. Now, the biggest reservation of course is like, what is it going to be like in like one to two years? Cause we know Android phones, unfortunately do it's a lot less nowadays, but they do tend to slow down over time as applications get bigger, the, you know, your, your memory starts to bloat up and things like that. So that does is a strike against the pixel five, because I don't know even though the performance is so good today, I can't guarantee or I'm not sure what it'll be like in one to two years. Um, the Pixel 2, for example, my Pixel 2, it's, I still have it. It runs Android 11. Um, it's okay. It actually doesn't slow down all that much, but I think the problem with that phone is that it, it's more due to RAM limitations. So it's, it's held up decently, but I don't know. What if Android 13 is like, provides some like crazy, you know, it provides some crazy revolutionary OS. Um, like what if you're able to like integrate Chrome OS or run Chrome OS off Android phones, but the Pixel 5 won't be able to support it because the processor is too slow. Yeah, it seems like for most people though, um, it should be okay. Like sort of day-to-day -day phone calls, texts, emails, social media, photos like that sort of thing should be okay. oh yeah no problem. no problem um and i i would honestly like if i were to choose between those i might go with the lower end processor because it does give better battery life because again i'm not like a hardcore gamer or anything but yeah like the biggest issue like you mentioned is future proof right is it future proof or not it's hard to know right now as you said and i mean i i'm not gonna i can't defend the fact that apple like google's Google has not, like, they can support up to three years, which is already better than most Android phones in, like, any any Android maker in the ecosystem. I, I don't even know if Samsung gets past, like, two years, right? And, but Apple, you can have an iPhone 6S now running the latest version of iOS, and it still runs, like, pretty decent. Yeah, I have an iPhone SE, the the original iPhone SE uh, upstairs that I use daily. It's, it's, I honestly don't feel anything that like in, in terms of slowdowns with regular day-to-day -day stuff. But again, I don't do anything heavy duty, um, but it just runs so well still uh, despite think, all these years. And that leads us to the kind of basically talking about the A14 in the iPhone because 
I think part of the reason why this is happening is because Apple's chips are so far ahead of everyone else that, you know, even if you get a phone five years ago, it was like so far ahead of the competition at that time. Running iOS 14 now is still, it's like normal workload for it. Yeah, like I, I also have an iPhone 10 uh, upstairs that's now 10s, 11, 12, so three generations behind and running the latest iOS 14, latest security updates. It feels like a brand new phone. If I were to give it to an Android owner who had an Android phone that's three generations old, and I'd be like, hey, what, how new do you think this iPhone is? They're going to be like, it must be the latest gener- generation. If they don't, obviously don't know what it looks like, right? They'll mm-hmm. be like, well, so fast, it's so smooth, it's so responsive, it must be one of the newest ones. Like, I honestly, like, I challenge someone to go out and find a three-generation old Android phone that still runs as smoothly as the iPhone X would. And like you said, that's a huge advantage to Apple. They just optimize the OS so well. Their chips are so far ahead that they're future-proof for at least three, four years. Uh, my dad still uses an iPhone 6. Like mm. iPhone 6, how old is that? <laughs> Try to find an Android phone from the same generation that's not in the museum right now. Um, it's just the way that they age. Like Apple products just tend to age really well, um, hold their value really well, and really um, not really suffer in terms of performance as they get older. Of course, unless Apple throttles it with a crappy battery. Uh, but yeah, we're which, talking uh, they that. settled. <laughs> they had to settle a lawsuit for that. But yeah, I think they learned their lesson from that, so they're not going to do that anymore. Probably. Not. Yeah. So no, I definitely agree. Um, but I think in terms of people, I mean, there are people. If people are looking for an Android phone, so let I'll be realistic. Like people who are at this point, very people are kind of stuck in their ecosystems, so moving if you're in the android space and you want an android phone just like i was there's you know and you're worried about the 765g being a potential problem for day to day i think don't be worried but i do i can't say how well it will age over time that said the pixel 5 does have eight gigs of ram which is still plenty i think and it does future proof you in that respect but maybe in two to three years, like your apps won't open as quickly or like, you know, um, it might be fine. I, I think like the Pixel 2, like I said, Google still does a decent job of optimizing for older devices. Better, It's still your best bet on Android side in terms of getting a phone that has good updates. It's sad, but it's true. Yeah. Um, so what, what should we talk about next? I, I'm not even going to get into the A14. I mean, it's, it's uh it's, it's like way inc- overpowered it's an incredible chip performance is not even like a, a question um it's like swiping in and out of apps like i do work on my phone like i said going in and out uh it's just like i've never experienced a hiccup i've had the phone for a while now um it's uh yeah it's really good future proofed we'll get os updates for five years if you're someone who, like, I've always said this and people who ask me phone recommendations and stuff, if you're someone who doesn't really care about having the latest and greatest um, in terms of, like, uh, you know, design or hole-punch display or um, a foldable phone, that sort of thing, and you want to hold on to your phone for a good amount of time and get good value for your uh, money spent, I do recommend that you get an iPhone because it just lasts longer and longer. I mean... 
we got to talk if it, yeah we're gonna cover the value argument because i would kind of argue that value i wouldn't use necessarily value for your iphone i mean you're still that didn't like you're still paying a lot unfortunately like it's still a huge sticker price for to get into the iphone 12 right now um but i mean i see what you're saying i'm not trying to Oh, like you're still paying almost two thousand dollars for that phone though right yeah but again if you're someone who holds on to their phone a long time and i really do believe this is true um if you're someone who spends a lot sorry holds on to their phone for a long time i do think over time that i if you were to buy an iphone it would cost you less money than an android because android phones good android phones aren't cheap uh their samsung device is more expensive than the iphone 12 pro max um, but I do believe that the iPhones last longer. If you were to maybe buy a phone today, either Android or iPhone, of course, you'll probably pay more for the iPhone, depending on what phone you're buying. Like there are some more expensive Android phones, but let's say most likely you're, you will be paying more for the iPhone. And if we come back to the same point in three years, if you were to keep it for three years and people do keep their phones, don't look at me and you who upgrade their phones all the time. People do keep their phones for three years. I really do think you would almost necessarily have to change your Android phone prior to getting to the three-year mark, whereas the iPhone will probably get you there. So you might end up spending a little more money, actually, if you're buying, let's say, two Android phones over a three-year period compared to one iPhone over a three-year period. Does that make sense, what I'm trying to say? Oh, totally. I, I, I definitely agree. Um, in terms of that respect... But the people who buy, the thing is, the people who buy the iPhones, like the, the pro models, they are like, you bought one, my friend bought one, they do, they, they're pros. Or I mean, I know you're not a pro, but they, they like tech enough that they want to get the best and they only, they do switch out usually every two years. Um, so, I mean, but I... I'm not going to argue, I, you make completely valid points. I'm just saying that, you know, if you need to buy a phone today, though, there's still no getting around that it's still $2,000 out of pocket costs, right? Yeah, um, it's definitely expensive phone. It's expensive. I mean, it's, I, but it, you it do is get a lot of phone. Expensive. You get the best phone. I would hands down say best all around phone. No doubt about it. Yeah, and I, I think what, what you're paying for is the, a big part of it is the service in the Apple store. It's um, like I've, I've had I've had every single Pixel device except the four and the five. I've had every single Nexus device before that. Getting getting through to Google service is not easy. Like I remember my Pixel 2 XL, it, the screen was splitting from the body. Again, going back into the same hardware issues that Google uh, phones have always had. And um, I had to send pictures from 30 different angles of like the panel coming apart. Uh, the screen coming apart from the body all around the device. And then Google ultimately said, oh, that's normal. That's normal function. I'm like, I can go out there and take pictures of another Pixel 2 XL if you want me to show you that that is not normal for the screen to be separating. But like, you would never get that sort of experience at the Apple store. Not that I've had anyway. I've um, also owned a lot of Apple products. And when you go in and you show them the issue, like you're showing them the issue live, you can talk to them, you know, like you're having human to human contact. And it's a bit easier just to get the whole service. Like, it's just a better experience, I think, in terms of service, you don't have to pack your phone into a box, ship it, 
they ship you a new one, you wait for a few days, you have to be home to accept that delivery. Like it's, you are paying for the Apple store. Like that's, I think probably the um, major part of the um, increased price that you're paying is the whole Apple store experience and the, and the service that you have available. Um, yeah, totally. I, and I wish there's, there's nothing even remotely close to that on the Android side. Like, there are Samsung stores, but I don't think they offer the same level of um, the same level of quality customer service and support. Like they're not, they'll probably fight you to like in order to get something swapped. Where Apple, like if it's within warranty, they'll just swap it out for you. Like I totally agree. Like the the experience at an app, like the fact that you can set up an appointment go to a genius bar even during the lockdown now and and get your your product service is 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 a great peace of mind yeah definitely and, and that's I, and that's that's the thing like i love it's i love the pixel but yeah i don't know what hardware issues will crop up in the future because you know they google has hurt its own reputation like i'm i'm a loyal pixel fan and i'm still putting up with the fact that and you really got to, because the ex- overall experience is so good, but I don't know if an OS update is going to brick the camera, which it has done in the past with other pixels or like it, you know, cause boot loops like it did with the Nexus 6P, right? It doesn't have a good reputation. And I think Google really needs to work on that. Yeah. So again, like whenever we do, um, and, and I have learned this lesson in life multiple times when you spend more money on something you are probably getting uh some benefits like it's not like you're getting nothing at all with the extra money that you're paying for an iphone um and it's true for any product really like if you want to buy a sofa a two thousand dollar sofa is probably going to be better than a one thousand dollar sofa right and at least some sort of the material the manufacturing like maybe the service that comes along with it so you do most of the time if you do your research and you pay more for something you do most of the time tend to get a bit more for your money and i don't think that's any difference in the you know in the smartphone world and the major thing for me that justifies the cost is like the apple store knowing that it's there if something happens to my phone i just walk in although you have to have an appointment but I always walk into the mall, check in at the Apple store. They're like, you could, we could serve you in like 30 minutes. So I go look around for 30 minutes at the mall. And then I come back and my issue is dealt with pretty instantly. So I, I do like that piece. Totally. Um, yeah, I think we can, I think we've made, <laughs> like I told, I, I can't disagree with you as, at that point for sure. Um, in terms of, and we have, wow, we've already talked for 40 minutes and we haven't even touched the cameras yet. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's squeeze that in quickly. <laughs> Man, we, we got to talk about this because uh, how about I start with the Pixel 5 because um, another, it, it's a classic, it's another reservation I had going in because Google has not updated the camera sensor on the phone since the Pixel 2. So um, the camera hardware is the same as the pixel 2 that i have and the pixel 5 so it's kind of like i did have a, i did have a hesitation like why would i be paying like mid-tier pricing for a phone for a camera that i already have sitting on my desk but i have to say i i really think uh google's like whole algorithm thing is real because 
even taking photos side by side with the Pixel 2 and the Pixel 5, it, they look like different cameras. Um, I remember distinctly because when I went to Iceland <clears throat> and I was taking photos, like I know the Pixel 2 struggled with uh, highlights. Like if I was shooting with the sun in the background, it would tend to blow out the sun. Like I could still not see the, the clouds really well. The Pixel 5 has no problem with that at all. Like the, I think they implemented exposure bracketing in the new, in their algorithm. So it never takes a, a blown out picture. Like never, I have not, I have yet to come across it. So I think, and I think Google has a really hard time selling that though. Like they, there are legitimate camera improvements because of their improved algorithms, which are constantly refining. But a lot of techies are gonna look at this Pixel phone and gonna say, whoa, what? Like I'm buying outdated hardware, like from like three generations ago. But the argument I think is that Google knows this sensor so much that they know like it's been fine tuned so well that they've like, They've, they're able to get still incredible photos at this price point. Um, I think, like, yes, the, the iPhone uses, the iPhone 12 Pro still takes better photos. The 12 Pro Max, actually, in side-by-side -side photos on reviews and stuff, from what I've seen, I think it does still take better photos in extreme low-light conditions. But day-to-day -day and medium-to-low-light, you can kind of see, like, they're, I think they're quite comparable, honestly. Yeah, and, they're they're two of the best cameras you can get on a yeah. smartphone right now. But I right. think, but uh, I, sorry, I just want and yeah, finish want, your thoughts and then I'll yeah. So mind. yes, but I'm not going to defend Google for like if they stick with the same sensor and not for another generation. Like if the Pixel Six comes out with the same hardware, I think that's unforgivable. I think they've. They've already pushed the sensor to its limits. The reason I know this is, for example, you notice it because like medium to low light, like using the OnePlus 7 Pro, when I had Gcam, it would not suggest in medium to low lights, like medium light scenarios, it would never suggest you use night mode because the sensor is large enough that it's still taking enough light. But the Pixel 5, like if I get even remotely into medium light, it's, it automatically detects it and it'll actually automatically switch to night mode now for you. But to my eyes, it doesn't seem that low light and it's already asking because the, the, Google, the Pixel 5, like the sensor is not that big. So you're going to get more noise if you don't use the night mode. That's it. Once you turn on the night mode, the night mode is incredible. You can still get some, you know, I think the night mode is still... I think iPhone is better in some respects, but the night mode is still quite impressive. Um, I don't think Samsung's night mode is anywhere close to it. I think they're, and OnePlus's night mode is not close to it either. Um, but another thing is like when you zoom in, like you're still limited to 12 megapixels where most Android phones are like 48 megapixels, 108 megapixels. Like you're down, you're, you just get more data. Like there's no way around that. You can take multiple shots, but you're still not getting the same amount of data from a 12 megapixel camera. Like the zoom is quite impressive. Like the digital zoom at 2X, I think is actually quite comparable to a 2X. When I look at your, your 2X photos on the iPhone and even on comparisons, what Google is able to do at 2X digital is very similar to 2X optical zoom 
on the iPhone, which I think is impressive. But it it's the same thing I said with the Pixel 4 and even the Pixel 3. It's like, imagine what Google can do with their algorithm with an actual, like, modern sensor. It would be crazy. Like, if you took the Apple iPhone Pro Max sensor, the iPhone 12 Pro Max sensor, and then you paired it with the Google's algorithm, I think you would have stunning photos. That, that would be incredible. And that's my biggest issue with Google. They were so, so, so far ahead with at the about the Pixel 2 camera. That camera was just so much better than the competition. Ooh, and it was crazy. Any competition released that same year. And Google was so, so far ahead. And I just feel like they took their foot off the pedal. They became complacent. Everybody else caught up, if not surpassed them. And now they don't, re- the Pixel camera doesn't really have that same allure or draw that it used to have. Imagine Google kept pushing, kept getting new sensors, kept putting bigger sensors in, more megapixels, as you suggested, and continue to improve their algorithm like they have been doing since the Pixel 2. Right now, they would still be three generations ahead, like they were when they released the Pixel 2. So I'm not sure if it was a decision on their part just to reduce R&D costs or um, or they literally did became become too arrogant and complacent. I'm not really sure, but they just took their foot off the pedal. And in, if they kept innovating at the rate that they were prior to the Pixel 2 camera, right now they would be so far ahead of the competition still. But everybody kept working hard. Google kind of backed off. And now for the most part, like flagship cameras tend to be very comparable. Um, and Google used to be better in every department uh, for pic- for photo quality. Now there's, you can argue that they're not better in every department anymore. And that's what bothers me about what Google did with the Pixel camera. It, it was the Pixel camera, anyone, even if you didn't really know what phones were at the time or you weren't a techie, you always knew, oh, Pixel takes the best, best photos. It just became known for that. And unfortunately, it was a missed opportunity for them to stay ahead of the competition by not taking their foot off the pedal. I agree. Um, but for people who want to buy, I gotta, for people who want to buy the Pixel 5 today looking for a good camera, you will get a good camera. I'm not trying to say it's not a good camera. Like when I take I'm not either. The, it's still one yeah. of the best. When I take Pixel, when I take photos of the Pixel 5 now, I am happy with every photo I take. Like the colors, the, I just love the color tuning on the pixels. And I think you're a fan as well, right? Like they just, the color science is so good on the pixels. Like it's just such, so aesthetically pleasing that I it is, it is minus skin tones. They pixel doesn't get skin tones very correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, but when I take like urban shots, like yesterday I took like some city shots. Like I loved what the pixel was doing with the lighting. And then now the fact that there's no blown highlights, you will be like, if you just need a, if you want a good photo of good phone for photos, I would still say get a pixel five, but like, yeah, it's more like the more the fact for me as a techie, it bothers me that I know that there are better sensors out there and pick, and Google is not using them. And it's been the same argument for like years now. So like, I think like almost, I want to say like, if they still use the same sensor in pixel six, like I'm not buying it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, okay, let's go to the 12 Pro Max because that's that. There's a lot to unbox there. Yeah, it's it's a a great camera. I'm I'm super super happy with it. Uh, I do notice a difference. Like I was doing some um, side by side shots with the iPhone uh, 11 yesterday, and it just does allow a little more light in, especially taking pictures of uh, people indoors in low light. That's where I found the biggest difference. It has better depth of field, obviously, with the faster aperture um, and uh, the video quality. My God, the, it's well, incredible. Well, I mean, just, just to, before we jump into video, like I, I do notice, I think the noise levels are definitely much lower at the at, for the iPhone. Yeah, and, it's and, it's uh, yeah. and and I the telephoto lens is actually a good lens now. Um, it's like I've been using it just to take pictures of people from across the room. And I find it very, very convenient using it to take uh, videos of uh, birds outside. It's, um, it's actually a good lens. Like usually the secondary lenses, like the wide angle on the telephoto have a big drop in quality. And although there is a drop in quality with the telephoto this year, I, I think it's just, it's much better than it used to be. Um, and uh, I really do like, love the iPhone for taking pictures of people. Um, I do think that it really does uh, get the skin tones better. Pixel tends to put people more towards a reddish hue on their skin, regardless of their color, which I don't really like that much. Um, but I think the iPhone for photographing people is really, really good. Yeah, no, I, so the comparison shots you showed me, like, there is definitely a difference, like, and, and as I think Neilai said in The Verge, right, like, you're, it's able to basically take better shot, like, you, because the, the sensor is bigger, moving objects is where you really see it, because it's able to take at a faster shutter speed with less noise at the same lighting compared to, like, previous iPhone models. Yeah, so sure. you don't get less blurry photos, right? Yeah, and I've, I've been photographing pictures of, like, moving targets. And it's, uh, yeah, let's just call it moving targets. It's, um, it does, like, I've been surprised at how, usually I would have to delete a lot that are blurry, like, when something's in motion. But um, I have been very pleasantly surprised. It's as if the target's standing still. And I, I love that. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I, I have been taking pictures of puppies a lot. Um, and I still, the Pixel 5 has, I, I've shown you some of the shots. They're pretty crisp, right? But yeah, I, they are, I still yeah. have a bunch of blurry photos because like there is still like the, the fact that Google has to take multiple shots, like within a, a, a short burst of time, you still notice the, the blurriness. I mean, but for every, like you need to maybe take like two or three shots. But I think with the iPhone, you probably just have to snap once. Yeah, you just take one. And I've been very surprised. Like I wasn't expecting it to be like that. Um, but it's making moving targets seem like they're standing still. That's which it's the first time in a smartphone I've seen that. that. That's impressive. That's impressive. Yeah, I have, even with my old phone, the OnePlus 7 Pro, like I've been, it's a struggle sometimes. It's great for taking like landscapes, but the moment you try to take like any moving objects, it's uh, that's when you notice the limitations of the camera. So I'm glad that sounds incredible. Okay. Yeah. So let's go to the video because you were just, I kind of stopped you there, but yes, let's go to the king of video. Yeah. I mean, it's no secret that iPhone has always taken great videos. 
Um, this year, though, with the uh, HDR, you can actually see when you're watching a video on the iPhone, the entire color spectrum of the screen changes, just like it does when you're watching, when you go from SDR to HDR uh, on your TV, you just notice the entire panel changes, color gets a bit dimmer. You see the exact same thing on the iPhone display. And man, the HDR looks incredible. Uh, I know there are some, um, there are some, uh, uh, limitations and with respect to uh, where you can share these HDR videos. A lot of times when you share them, they end up going out as SDR because the screen you're sharing to doesn't directly support it. I know all that. I'm just talking about watching the video on the actual iPhone display itself and they look incredible. It's like you're watching a 4K uh, HDR, like streaming something on Netflix, like one of the newest wow. uh, <laughs> releases. It looks really nice. Uh, the colors are very, very contrasty. Um, I believe it supports a wider color gamut than um, it used to last year as well in the videos, obviously with the HDR. Um, so they look incredible. There's not much to say about iPhone video quality. They're really, really good. And the telephoto lens actually performs really well too in the videos based on my testing. Yeah, I, uh, there's definitely no, I would say there's no competition and there was never even competition before this, like with the Pixel in terms of video quality, like, I photos, I think you can make an argument that based on the price point, you're getting a good camera and it's comparable. I mean, you're within spinning distance, but video is, yeah. iPhone's on another league on their own. That said, the Pixel 5, I think the video quality is still improved from last year because the biggest criticism last year of the Pixel 4 is that it wasn't able to do 4K60. Now you can do that this year. Um, you're able to... and they have improved their image stabilization. Um, so some of the photos, the videos I sent you did look pretty good, I think. Um, and they have this cinematic pan mode, which is super smooth. So it's not like, um, like before, like Pixel 3, Pixel 2, like the video, the quality was garbage. Like I yeah. just no defense. Don't get me started on the Pixel 3 <laughs> ruined my trip to Zion. It couldn't take a decent video to save its life. Everything was a jumbled mess. Um, I think they've come a long way since then. Hopefully, it based on improved. the videos you've sent me. Yeah, um, it is improved. And hopefully they'll continue to improve. But it's the same thing again. I think you're running, like, the videos look good in good daylight. They're pretty sharp, 4K, smooth, no stutter. Um, the image stabilization is good now. But the in terms of the, once you start hitting the low light, and that's when you start to, again, you notice that this is an old sensor because unlike the photos, there is no night mode for video. You can't like take a series of videos and then like just compile the data to make a cleaner, less noisy video. There's noise, there's like, you're not gonna, at, at the same lighting, at the same low light, you're gonna get way better video performance on an iPhone and there's no way around that. So I want to talk about the battery life a bit um, because I think for, I know it seems like we harp, we banged on like the Pixel 5 for having basically mid-range processor and, uh, you know, old camera tech. But man, I really got to give props to Google. And I think it's probably my favorite, second to the size Google has been able to do in terms of their battery performance year over year. I think deserves quite com like I, I I commend them. The Pixel Four last year was terrible for battery life, like so bad to the point I didn't even want to consider it even putting like I didn't even I was not even remotely interested because battery life for me is 
one of the most, if not, yeah, it's probably the most important aspect to me. And the Pixel 5 just knocked it out. I don't know how Google was able to put a 4,000 milliamp battery in the same size as the Pixel 4 last year. I think they've done something incredible. Like the size, like the 4,000 milliamp is larger than the iPhone 12 Pro Max battery, (laughs) but it's weighs less. And I don't know, they have some dark magic in here. Like (laughs) it's pretty incredible. I think that's my favorite thing about this phone. If you need a phone that's this small that lasts you like all day and more, this is the phone to get. Like I'm consistently getting eight hours. Like if I, I've never actually managed to kill it in a day. I managed to get it down to about 30% and my screen on time, like if I chose to, it would be on track for eight hours of screen on time. And I think, that's you know, incredible. I work, so I don't have, I can't be spending eight hours of the screen on time, but I get around five to six hours and I'm about 30% left and I'm pushing it hard. I'm going like the same things I'm doing regularly on my OnePlus 7 Pro, even with a fresh battery installed, I think I was going to, it would have killed the phone. Like it's pretty incredible. Um, and just a comparison, like I was looking at comparisons. I mean, you can't really do apples to apples comparison, but the same, like the iPhone 12 mini gets around at best five hours of screen on time. So if you need a small phone, like, and good battery life, Pixel 5 your guy. Uh, yeah, but they, I know, they I know did manage to have amazing battery life as well. But I just wanted to, to note, like, I think Google, you know, probably listen to our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, they, they, I think they really took the criticism to heart in terms of battery life, and I'm glad they turned it around. So next year, I hope they take the criticism from other aspects and they also kind of come back because that, that they, they do deserve um, a gold star here. Yeah, I think like, uh, unfortunately, on the Apple side, if you want battery life like that, you have to move up to the pro size. Um, Unfortunately, you don't get that kind of battery life with the smaller phones. Like I've never used the iPhone 12 or 12 Pro personally, but uh, uh, I can't imagine they'll be even remotely close to that sort of battery life that you get with the Pixel 5. Um, and it's amazing that they did that in such a small footprint and people don't have to choose between battery life and size. If they made the iPhone 12 Pro in the same sort of battery life as the 12 Pro Max with the same cameras, I probably would go with that. But unfortunately, on the Apple side, you have to move up to the big size if you want good battery life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not understated. Like, just and if people are interested in what I mean by heavy, um, with the 12, like based on my usage for my old phone, like uh, the, the OnePlus 7 Pro has a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, same size as the Pixel 5, but I had to turn, I never turned the 90 Hertz display on. That's the only way I would be able to kind of comfortably get through a whole day and like, like comfortable as in like, I was not worried. Whereas the Pixel 5, I did not turn down anything. Like I could, I have 90 Hertz on, always on display on, which still consumes like a fair chunk of battery life because the screen never truly turns off. Um, I have a connected smartwatch. I have a bunch of, I have three Gmail accounts syncing in the background. I'm usually taking still a bunch of photos. Like I said, I'm taking videos and photos of like a certain puppy that I love. (laughs) And, um, and, and if I wanted to, 
the Android 11 has this pretty neat battery saver mode now that lets you basically restrict every app except for a select few. So if I really like, let's say I was get, if there one day I'm down to like the 5%, I could turn on the battery saver mode and I could just have WhatsApp, Gmail, Chrome, and those are the only apps running in the background. And I would be able to squeak out in the two hours at least of screen on time from that. Which is That's like, actually impressive uh, with the 90 so hertz display and um, all that stuff being on. I forgot you said you have all that on and still getting eight hours screen on time. That's pretty yeah. impressive. And I game uh, on top of that from time to time. So that that's with, it's, I've never had a phone that's like this small and this compact with such incredible battery life. The, uh, the last time I had such incredible battery life was like the Moto Z Power or something. Um, and that, Moto Z that's Play. Like, yeah, Z Play, yes. The Moto Z Play. And uh, in order to get that kind of battery life, you had to severely compromise the processor. The, the camera was garbage. Like, there's, I'm not getting that here, which is incredible. That's great. Yeah. What about uh, the 12 Pro? Are you, how much, uh, what's your typical usage like, just to give uh, I, the, the listener some idea? Yeah, I usually uh, go to work. I leave for work at 7 in the morning, and some days I get home around 5 p.m. Some days I get home around 7 p.m. And uh, with my iPhone 11, which I thought at the time had great battery life, I by the time I leave work, I was at maybe about 30 40% battery life. With, uh, I think, the 12 Pro Max, I'm at like 70%. What? <laughs> okay, that's nuts as well. Okay, I mean, um, that's crazy. It's, uh, it, it's great. Um and on iPhone, it's it's hard to give screen on time like you do on Android. I have to individually go and add up all the screen right. on time. I never liked that. It just never made sense to me. But I, I don't like it either. I wish they just gave screen on time since the last full charge like Android yeah. does. Yeah. Um, I would say, if like based on some of the numbers I was sending you, I would say similarly somewhere on the verge of eight hours screen on time as well but again i don't have always on display i don't have a 90 hertz display um i don't game all i do is message email take photos that sort of thing so i think pixel 5 definitely still has better battery life overall if you were comparing side by side but the iphone 12 pro max is probably one of the best battery lives i've ever had on an iphone so it probably will be the longest lasting iphone um that you can get right now and that makes sense just because of the bigger size they're allowed to, they're able to put in a bigger battery yeah um but i think it so it, it just comes down if you need a phone an iphone the newest iphone with the best battery life go with the iphone 12 pro max yeah, and I, I haven't heard great things about the battery life on the 12 and the 12 Pro, especially the 12 Mini. Oh, um, so that's unfortunate. I, I know. Really, I really wanted the 12. See, I really wanted the 12 Mini, uh, and but like people aren't able to get like full days with it. Like they have to charge it. That's no good for me. Yeah, that's not good at all. Uh, so if battery life's important to you, I would say go for the 12 Pro Max. All right. So, in terms of let, I, let's just do a summary because we kind of covered basically. Oh, okay. I do have to talk about this. The things I don't like about the Pixel 5. Okay. Um, I know there's a lot of things about the speaker. So, in terms of the speaker performance, um, they kind of the top. So, Pixels used to have top and bottom firing speakers. Uh, this one has a, fire, a speaker on the bottom, which is mainly the main speaker. 
and then they put a secondary speaker under the display. So, and there's no speaker grill on this, which gives a very clean aesthetic. I love it um, because on my previous phones, the speaker grill is easy to very get like dust and lint and stuff inside it. And then it's, it's almost impossible to get out. Um, so I do like that aspect, but the speaker performance, you're definitely going to take a hit if you come from any new modern uh, Android phone that has like dual, dual fun, uh, stereo speakers, because the top speaker, honestly, is not very good. Um, and I'm just being very honest about that. Does it affect me so much? Not really, because um, I, I mostly watch YouTube videos and for just like audio on YouTube videos, I don't need audio fidelity. And I usually have Bluetooth headphones with me, like earbuds all the, all the time. So if I need anything like music, I'm usually have the earbuds in. But if you're the, <clears throat> if you like to blast music from your phone, like you use it as a portable um, boombox kind of thing, I don't think Pixel's for you. How about the speaker on the 12 Pro? Matt. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, that that's expected. Apple always has. Apple has incredible speakers. Yeah, my major, like, I have a pet peeve about buzzy speakers. And um, I think the only Android phone I've heard before that didn't have buzzy speakers was my Samsung. All, the, all of my Pixels had it. It was so annoying. Um, so definitely not buzzy. Very crisp quality and gets quite loud. And uh, I'm not, like, a big audiophile, so I'm not sure what else I could say about it. Um, but definitely not buzzy for people who are out there have OCD like me about buzzy speakers. <laughs> uh, is there anything at all? It seems like you're, you're pretty much in love with the phone. Is there anything that you don't like about the phone? Um, honestly, like I honestly can't think of anything and I'm not trying to be an Apple fanboy. I would, I would tell you if there was something I didn't like, but Maybe I'll try to find something and <laughs> if, I, <laughs> if I find something, I'll, well, the price, I didn't like the price very much. Um, <laughs> I think that's probably the only, like, yes. My, my credit card didn't like the price very much either. <laughs> uh, okay, so that's great. So why don't we go, I, I kind of want to summarize the thoughts on the phone overall, right? So we both use a phone. So, I mean, they're completely, it's, I think you're the person, I don't think there's people who are going to be choosing between the Pixel 5 and the iPhone 12 Pro Max. I think there's kind of very different, they're too far apart on price and features, iOS and stuff. But so I'm going to talk to people who are considering the iPhone Pixel 5 for an, on the Android side of things who are looking. So why would you want, like overall, I know we kind of bashed a lot. It seems like I bashed the Pixel 5 a lot, but I love this phone. Um, in terms of the the size, like once you picked it up, it's incredible. It's so nice to use everything in one hand for me. Like I, I still commute to work, unfortunately. So like when I'm, I can still, I can carry a coffee in one hand and still comfortably navigate and text stuff on my other hand. It's quite liberating compared to what I'm used to. Um, Which hands on the steering wheel? <laughs> no, I mean like taking the subway <laughs> and stuff, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> No, I'm not texting when I'm driving. I'm just saying like being able like walking, like let's say I'm walking to a destination, like I'm able to kind of whip up my phone and still comfortably text on it. It's pretty great um, when I'm like using it in my, in bed and I mean, it's not feel like I'm not going to worry. It's going to drop on my face. Uh, 
and, and then the fact that it's you're getting such incredible battery life at this size is is really great. The camera is amazing. So like I know if you look at it in individual pieces, it's really easy to take the Pixel Five apart and just say it's not a like oh uh, mid range processor. Uh, but you have an incredible experience overall. Like it's it's a lot cheaper than the iPhone 12 Pro Max. Like if you just it's about. Now, I think $900 Canadian. So maybe with Black Friday, I think they're dropping it to $850. Um, in terms of Android experience, I think it's probably one of the best uh, at this size. Like you cannot find, there is no other phone on the, on the Android side that offers, even on iPhone, that's this compact, that's like performed so well, that has such a great camera, and you still get stock clean Android updates for you know you're still guaranteed updates for three years so like you're buying an overall package with the pixel 5 and i still think if you buy it today i think you'll still be well served um yeah definitely if, if i were to buy an android phone today i would also get the pixel 5 compared to like the higher end android phones i think it uh, i agree with you overall gives you the better package yeah, because if you want, there are better phones on the Android side for sure. Like, let's say you want to go, like, if you want to go spec hungry, then go for the Note 12, uh, Note 20 uh, 5G, right? Like, you're going to get, like, really close cameras to the 12 Pro, but then you also have the, a huge phone. I'm not a fan of Samsung software. Um, they, like, you're going to get great hardware, but it's also too big for me in my, in, um, and I think the camera, in terms of algorithms, the Pixel line still does better on the Android side of things. I still like what they do with photos better than they do with Samsung. Samsung's kind of a long way, but I still think they kind of over-sharpen still and over-saturate. So, like, if you want a phone that just works well and it just fits comfortably into your day-to-day -day routine, the Pixel 5 is the way to go. It's not exciting. It is actually boring because it, it just does everything as you expect. But that's a great thing and you're not spending crazy amounts for it yeah and on uh, the iphone side i would say like if you're already in the ios uh, ecosystem your friends have iphones you like to be able to iMessage, send photos and stuff um then i i would re probably recommend the iphone 12 if you're um on a tennis or um older and uh if you want to have the little little bit of improvement in the camera quality uh and a big improvement in battery life i would probably do recommend the 12 pro max the size isn't that big of an issue for me uh and it might not be for you either once you get used to it oh actually i, I had a little bit to brew over okay i have to change it a little bit the pixel 5 is great on the android side if you need wireless charge okay I forgot that the fact that there's the pix the fact that the Pixel 4a exists though does make this a little bit of a harder sell. So um, you you have the if you don't want to spend a lot of money and want a close Pixel experience, go with the 4a. But I like water resistance. I want the wireless charging. I like the aluminum back. I think you still can't go wrong with the Pixel 5. And that's the end of my thoughts. Like I know we kind of went wow. This is probably our longest episode ever. Um, but we had a lot. I hope Anchor lets us upload it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a great episode. Uh, I think it's a strong one to come back to. Um, we're excited to be back. Um, tech is only getting more exciting, even with the pandemic. So we look forward to bringing you more episodes. Yeah. Maybe a 2020 TV 
uh, update. <laughs> no, that was a pretty popular episode we had. All right, cool. Yeah, with the pandemic now, everyone needs to. They're, they're in Black Friday. Actually, there's going to be a lot of TVs. Uh, people. They need to up their home. Netflix game at home. Yeah, yeah. All right, thanks, Mir. It's always been great. It was a great podcast, and uh, we'll uh, tune in again next time. Yep, take care, everyone. All right, bye, guys. Thank you everyone for listening to We Love Tech Podcast and a huge shout out to all our new listeners from around the world. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe. We are available on all major platforms. You can also follow us on Instagram at We Love Tech Podcast and Twitter at We Love Tech Pod C1.